Welcome to another episode of the What No One's Asking For podcast. This is one of your hosts, Matt Reynolds, and excited to intro this episode for you guys. This is just a fun episode. We had this question that Brian wanted to ask. We thought it was hilarious. It's a question many people have thought about in their head, but probably haven't answered publicly and definitely haven't answered publicly and put it out there for the world in a podcast. But we are going to do it. Uh, so sometimes we get deep on here. This is just a fun episode. And the question we're asking is, do I want to be famous? Do I want to be famous? So curious how you would answer that question. You get to hear how we answer that question. Uh, but th- we'd actually love to hear from you. This is a great episode. Where we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can go to our website, wnafpod.com. And drop us a message there. You can drop us a voice message there. We've had a few people leave us messages. It's a great way to connect. And who knows, maybe your message or your question or feedback will even end up on the show. So let us know what you think about this. Let us know how you would answer this question or what came up for you. And thanks so much again for listening to the What No One's Asking For podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the What No One's Asking For podcast. Brian Burchick here once again with my besties, uh, Matt, Drew. Hello. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey, bestie. And Matt's got a new setup, a nice microphone. Oh, yeah, baby. Hey, I went all in on this thing, man. So <laughs> well, we, we, did, we did some live recording, and I got to hear, you know, the next level of stuff, and I was like, a recording in this we were in the same room with some good stuff and i was like man yeah. i gotta have it you know oh yeah <laughs> and then i heard all the feedback like caroline yeah she said you like, sounded like you were calling in yeah she's like <laughs> all of season one like it's 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 Burchak and drew on the podcast rooms is calling in <laughs> that, that resonates so much with me because i just remember listening to the radio so much yes. growing up and you hear people calling hey guys it's like the whole the whole season one i'm just like Nice to have them dropping in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you finally took action because every good. episode I in season one. Massive action. <laughs> yeah, but it was delayed because after every episode, you're like, man, I just don't feel like I sound very good. But you never did anything. And then finally, bam. Now it's wow. like all in. Yeah. Really, uh, calling me out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, excited to be here with you. New episode here in season two. And, um, I'm just going to say on the front end that this is, I think, the most embarrassing topic we've had so far. And I'm embarrassed about it for a couple different reasons. Um, here, Here's the name of the episode and a big question that we're going to talk about. Um, the question is, do I want to be famous? <laughs> and one one confession on this is when I first kind of brought up the idea I had it in the past tense. Did I want to be famous? And I think that was partially because it was like self-protective. Like if I did, it was definitely in the past and I'm definitely <laughs> way beyond that. <laughs> I've moved beyond. I've evolved. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was a little bit, it was still embarrassing to ask that question because uh, it reveals some, I think, things that I don't know, we uh, maybe we don't want to admit. However, the more I started thinking about it, I was like, you know what? Like, Yes, I think there's been lots of maturity and growth over the years, um, but I still think some of the desires 
or impulses are still there. And so let's be even more honest and just make it present tense. Do I want to be famous? Um, and so I think I'm embarrassed also because I'm like, maybe maybe we felt like this because of our kind of unique, interesting journey career-wise. Um, all three of us had career like early career where we're on like literally on a stage. Right. Um, and so I'm almost embarrassed because I'm like, what if most people don't feel this way? <laughs> and we're just like weird. Uh, and so that's another. I'd love to know the stats on that. Yeah. What percent of the population like wants, wants to, be, to famous? be famous? Well, yeah. there is stuff on this uh, actually a lot. And I, I admittedly didn't do enough research, but yeah, they're, they're looking at, you know, generationally who has like what percentage, you know, w- wants to be famous or has that like aspiration. And so millennials were like definitely higher than previous generations, but now Gen Z is higher than millennials. Yeah, I think it's almost like 12% in this one big study of Gen Zers say they want to be famous. Um, you know, so 12% over... feel like they're already influencers. No, I think they <laughs> want to be famous. No, I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm saying it's that funny stat I told you guys before the average person feels that they are above average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's the same thing. It's like the average person feels that they are an influencer. <laughs> yes. So, but here's, here's a question I want to start with, and it's, it's, we're going to get to the actual question of, do I want to be famous and kind of talk about that? But I, there was an initial question I wanted to share first, because I think it begins to get at some of the roots maybe. Um, But I remember like a long time ago and one of the many self personality assessments or whatever that I was doing, which I'm actually very grateful for all the different self-awareness tools and things that some of our earlier jobs, I think, really uh, pushed us to do and um, learn. But I remember there was a question in one of them. And the question was, uh, would you rather be liked or adored? Mm. And so be thinking on that, because I want to hear from you on this. I'll share my embarrassing, you know, response. I as soon as I read that question, I immediately knew my answer was, I prefer to be adored. And being like embarrassed about it, but I knew it was true immediately. Um, And I remember because it's like even thinking back on high school years and all this, like I was definitely a people pleaser. And, you know, I remember thinking like I had this like big revelation as an early high schooler, like, dude, if I'm just nice to everybody, everybody's going to like me. And it was like something clicked in a very like unhealthy way. But I essentially realized like, dude, all I got to do is be nice and everyone's going to like me. And so you would think by that, that it was like, oh, this guy just wants to be liked, but it wasn't, it was, I want to create this perception where from a distance, people think I'm awesome. And it's like this adoring that when my name comes up or when they see me, they're like, oh, that guy, he's great. But it's like from a distance. Yeah. Like (laughs) heard of him. His, his name has reached Brian. So, but it was, yeah, it was like different. Cause it's not like I wanted to be close with everybody or want to be really be known. And like, you like me for who I am. It was more like, I want my image, my appearance, my perception to be one that you're like, Oh, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so it's embarrassing to say it, but what the hell that's what we're doing here. Um, 
So when you guys hear that question, would you rather be liked or adored? What's your response? I, I right before Drew goes, I have, to, I have to say it this way: Do I want to be loved or feared? Mm. I want people. To, I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Michael Scott. Oh yes. <laughs> do I want to be loved or feared? I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> the best. Once again, that's why Michael Scott is so great. He says and overtly acts yeah. the way a lot of us internally feel, you know, where yeah. yes. we want that adoration and we want, you know, that respect, basically, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, Drew, you answer, because I, I think about it in slightly different terms. Like, those are kind of the same thing to me. Like, liked or adored is that's kind of the same to me yeah brian how how do you how do you see them as different what's the what's the defining characteristic that's different about it is it the worship element uh, oh god it's even more but you're saying i want people to worship me well like <laughs> uh, yeah kind of i think <laughs> i think it's like i i don't i i See, this is interesting because it just, I just knew, uh, and you guys are both kind of struggling to see the differences. So that's funny. Um, no, I know which I, one I land on, I, but I am just curious intellectually. Like, I think what I was talking about, where it's like from a distance versus up close, like, yeah, me, like being liked is like, I have lots of friends, you know? Um, whereas I was always content to just have like a close, smaller group of friends, but I wanted the masses to like think I was awesome. And mm-hmm. so it was, this adoring versus like, I want to be friends with everybody. It was like, I think it was more about a perception, more about uh, an image, an appearance. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, uh, I have a complicated relationship to this. I think I'm more comfortable being liked than I am being adored. But I would not need to be silly for me to not think that I don't taste the drug of adoration at moments and be like this tastes really good you know um because similar to you like even in high school we we just had a close group of friends and i didn't feel like i needed to be liked by everybody and you know that kind of thing but when i was on that you know soccer field or whatever and that moment where everyone's looking at you you're like this is kind of cool you know (laughs) like i'll I'll accept it um and i i love my mother to to death but i think i experienced like adoration from her i was the last child and i was nine years from my closest sibling and so she's already a very affectionate loving person and genuine like when i think of adoration i think about like you adored me (laughs) like (laughs) like so much so that i almost like had the opposite pushback of like i don't want all this attention i don't want all this like yes like back up a little bit you know and so Anyways, wow. that, that's a random thought that just came to mind. That is very insightful, Drew. I think we, let's keep unpacking that because, uh, you know, drawing back to those early childhood years, I think is definitely a part of this. Um, Reynolds, what about you? Yeah, the reason I said those, those seem a little similar to me is, and I definitely wanted to be famous, but we'll get into that. <laughs> but, but not, I don't know, in, in an interesting kind of way. Um, I think I wanted to have like an impact or something. So I think when I hear the question, the the, the question would be, do you want to be, you know, liked slash adored or successful? That's how that would be the big 
thing for me. And it's like, oh, I'd rather be successful. Like I accomplished something and I'm mm. adored because of that. Right. Mm. So it wouldn't even be enough for me if it was like, so you're oh, saying, you're, you're saying you'd be okay if people liked you less for a season because you were doing what it, you needed to do to be oh, successful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 If you had to pick. Yes. And it's not like, oh, the, the ends justify the means. You can do whatever you want. It's just like, I've always viewed it that way. Like I even, okay. Could you, you know, if you were going to be famous because you looked a certain way um, or you're from a certain family or something versus like from what you accomplished and made your mark on the world, I'm always going to choose that second one. Like I, I, it's tied to something I'm producing, something that I'm putting into the world, some effort, some body of work. That's just more how I'm wired, you know? So even if it was like, oh, you're just famous because of, you know, who you know or what, it's like that wouldn't even fully do it for me. Right. You know? Like if you were That's a Kardashian why, or something like that, where yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not bashing yeah. them, but like if you had a family name that like just inherently made you famous. Oh, yeah. So even from a young age, I mean, you guys are talking about childhood stuff. It's funny. Like from a young age, I was like, man, I want to produce something on my own. I, I don't know. I always had that kind of drive. Like I want to um, distinguish myself even a little bit from my family to stand on my own in some way. So, um, so yeah, I want to be famous, but for something that I do accomplish, contribute. And yeah, if it's hard for me, I'm, I am still a people pleaser a hundred percent, but if people are not going to like you for a season or for a time, or they're not going to agree with some decisions you make, but it's for this bigger thing, this bigger vision, I can totally handle that tension. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's not a tension, but yeah. I will do that because, you know, I'm driven for that bigger thing you know um mm -hmm. well i mean you started to get into it so let's just go there to the response to that actual question of do i want to be famous and and maybe take us on a journey and we, we can all kind of respond to this but like even the journey of like those early adult years maybe versus now so like did i want to be famous and then presently do i want to be famous um can y'all share kind of what the journey has been um because I'll just say, and we don't have to get all into this, but we all three, like our first jobs out of college were leading these in these church settings where every week you get a stage where you're literally elevated above a crowd and you get to perform, right? You get to teach and share your words and like that literally, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Well, and then you get like immediate <laughs> feedback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you like, also get a you also get a supernatural title in some degree. Like, yeah. you're, you're not just like an accountant or a pastor. <laughs> you deal with the spiritual arts. You know, like yeah. there is some kind of elevated yeah. status to even though like good for you. Like you talk to an adult, like good for you. You went into ministry. You know, yeah. yeah. I think oh, y'all yeah. go. I think y'all should go first because I'm pretty sure I'm going to represent like an opposite side of the conversation so i'd rather y'all yes. 
go first. Yeah, I, I kind of want to hear it from you, Brian, because this is your your thing. I want to hear you kind of tell oh, yourself gosh. first, because I think you have even those those early conversations yeah. you had. <laughs> I'm oh, thinking yeah. about one in particular that I want you to share at some okay. point. Okay, well, yeah, if it doesn't come out, just tap me. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, like for better or worse, that early job, which I'm grateful for, I've worked. I, I you know, I'm grateful for it. I've accepted it. Um, but I do think like any human that is given a stage and a following at age 23 or however young, you know, we were like, there's going to be quite a bit of um, ego involved there. There's going to be quite a bit of like, Oh, this feels good. And then when it happens, you know, week after week for a duration of time, like I do believe an entitlement begins to set in of like, I deserve a level of following adoration, um, attention. And so I do feel like that had some like significant impacts on how I think about, you know, feedback from people. Um, and so did I want to be famous? Um, I would have to say yes, I think. And I remember, I remember sitting with a, a mentor and uh he was he wasn't that old he was probably maybe eight or nine years older than me but i was describing at some point like yeah it's almost like i think i'd love to like gosh like mentor like justin bieber (laughs) 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 um so i was like basically like expressing i want to have like a positive impact on like famous people and he just goes so it sounds like you want to be famous. <laughs> and Just it was like, it out. Just call it, was it very, out. Oh, yeah. I was very offended. Um, I was like, no, no. I mean, it's not about that. It's about <laughs> this this impact and like blah, blah, blah. But that was like a very like direct, you know, exposure. And I think, but I will say, I think over the years and kind of moving into just more maturity and whatever, like I think. I, I almost feel like I went the opposite way and swung to the other side of the pendulum where like, I don't even want to interact on social media because I don't like the feeling of, am I doing this right. for the likes, for the attention? So I almost swung to the exact other side of it and did not want to put any part of myself out there to be shared in a quote unquote public way. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, I because it's like, the feeling is too familiar of wanting that at some level, that adoration or whatever. And so I'd rather just not even give it an opportunity for it. Um, and I will say like, you know, what was the downside to that? Well, I just don't think I like the feelings of I'm going to care so much about what people think, or I'm going to like derive some interesting, like, you know, pleasure out of, the affirmation of, you know, potentially even like strangers, you know, who, who, whoever it is that might, you know, this is silly, but this is our world, of course. And and I think we'll probably have to talk about social media at some point connected all this, but um, yeah, I just, and, but I think it was also part of this career journey where it's like, after being in that type of a role that feels kind of public and, you know, gives you all this like immediate fans, honestly, oh, yeah, it's like you have, you have fans. fans. Yeah. And, yeah, the, and yeah. you're getting immediate feedback. That's what I was saying. After you do your delivery and your performance, you are getting real time. Like, that was amazing. Like, <laughs> you have 
the wisdom that you possess at your age. God, I mean, look at people donate. I mean, it's like Drew's mom, you know, you're getting that. And it's not even bad. Like, good for those people that they're being that overtly transparent and encouraging and good for us that you're like putting yourself out there. I mean, we're also anxious basket cases. I mean, you're up there trying to deliver something. I mean, that took an incredible amount of like inner preparation and yeah. grit to be like, how are people going to react to this? Did I, do I believe these thoughts? Have I studied enough? Like, I mean, this is a harrowing experience that most of the world is most afraid of public speaking more than even their yeah. own death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're already taking huge risks. Your body's already like adrenaline. In, oh, you got these chemicals flowing. Like you're already on a high and on a death feeling being up there. Yes. So God bless these people who are coming up to like encourage you. Oh like, yeah. I affirm the whole thing, but it is an wow. incredible or incredibly unique thing that you have a weekly performance, <laughs> yes. you know, probably like stand up comics, a weekly performance. Yes. It's just you, mm. you know, there's, there's a couple other people, but it's pretty much a monologue and yeah. you're either working with the audience or you're not. And they're yeah. going to give you that immediate feedback. I mean, that's crazy. And then you yeah. start to expect it. Again, yes. not even in an unhealthy way, but it's like, oh yeah, this is just part of my weekly, monthly, yearly routine. I am constantly delivering something and then I'm getting this fan yep. feedback or criticism. Criticism comes through that little guised email yep. or whatever. It's sure. always, you're always getting that feedback, but what yeah. an interesting well, th- that's rhythm what I was gonna... to live with. That's what I was going to say, Brian. Like, when, <clears throat> what did you not like about it? Like, theoretically, yeah. sure, it's uncomfortable to know that you're deriving your identity from all this kind of stuff. But it's like, yeah. th- theoretically, it doesn't matter. Like, you would have still kept doing it if there wasn't some downside. <clears throat> to me, at least, the opposite of the affection you get was the downside. Mm. It's like, dude, as potent as the drug is, if you're amazing, it <sighs> might be m- more potent. Like, what's wrong with you? Or like, <laughs> You know, yeah. they're like, I didn't like what you said. <laughs> yeah, dude. And you're yeah. like, holy crap. Like, it's just a, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to the You're praise. vulnerable. You're well, vulnerable. And it's what everybody says. Like, you, you know, 10 encouragements are right. outweighed by one specific criticism. And then that's what you that was Larry on. David. Yeah. Yeah. Larry David said, this is interesting. Larry David said that he got invited to uh, Yankee Stadium to be honored in front of basically New York city, you know? And like, if you're born and raised in New York, like he is like, that's a big, big deal. Deal. Yeah. Yes. So it's like a whole like seventh inning. He gets stand up the whole place honors him. It's 50,000 people. However many people are in Yankee stadium, like just Larry David appreciating him, you know, all the love as he's walking to the stadium. <laughs> Adoration. And he said, yeah, he's getting all of it. He's getting all of it. It's his childhood dreams coming true. As he's walking out of the parking lot, one car pulls up. I was like, Larry David. He's like, yeah. He's expecting another fan. And the guy just goes, you suck. And then <laughs> yes, I already know it. Yes. And he said <laughs> the whole day, he said all he could think about was that one fan. What did he do? Why did he not like him? And he said that was the day he realized that 50,000 fans plus one critic equals one critic. Mm-hmm. Like in your head, that's how the math works out. 50,000 people love me. One person hates me. Why do they hate me? What's yes. going on? I'll throw this out there too. I don't think we don't take this in a philosophical sense, like that God doesn't want us to be this, but like biologically or evolutionarily, whatever. I don't think we were meant to be famous. Meaning like, I don't think we know how to be famous. 
It's, oh, totally, it's like bad for the body. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And if you are in getting adoration, and, and we're talking about all, the only reason I think this conversation is relevant is because we grew up in a day in which whether you want to or you feel like you're supposed to, this is relevant simply because anyone at any time could just film their kids and become yeah. famous. And maybe you're supposed to you know, be the super mom on Instagram, or you're supposed to be yes. this creator. Mark Zuckerberg started a tech company. Why don't you? So I do think this is relevant outside of our experience, yeah. <clears throat> but I'll say that, man, the, I don't think we were made, meaning I don't think we know intrinsically how to do this, which is why I yes. think 90% of the time fame hurts more than it helps. I think 90% oh, yeah. of the time, if you just look at statistics in any area, it's probably more than even 90, it's probably, probably. like way up there. I well, it's a net negative. <laughs> yeah. It's like a net negative in that person's life. If oh, they were yeah. to take it all in and say, what do we really think? It's like more times than not, it was a net negative and that scares yes. me. No, I, well, I love that you brought that up. I had that in my notes was I, have y'all watched the Selena Gomez doc on a uh, Apple TV? No, okay. no, I have another person I want to quote after. Yeah, give me, I have not. So I'm actually interested in this. Oh, um, you should. You should I heard watch it. It was like kind of painful to watch. Well, it is. I mean, it, it's it was kind of painful. And I mean, I, I, like had, pain, I had so much, you know, empathy for her. It does kind of. And I so appreciate how vulnerable she was to just like let the world see kind of her inner life and see that she's not necessarily this just bubbly, happy Americana, you know, child star that grew up happy at like, it, it's honestly, you watch it and you're kind of like, man, she is kind of a tortured soul in a lot of ways. And I remember just hearing on the radio, like, right. Cause you know, when it dropped a ton of people watched it and I remember somebody on the radio was like, yeah, I just don't think she's cut out to be famous. Some people just aren't cut out to be famous, but it does like present that question. Like, well, is anybody really cut out to be famous? Like, Yes. So, and those that are are typically egomaniacs, meaning like, yeah. all right, I probably just went too generalized there, but like often, like it's only like, it's like in leadership, like the person that wants it and doesn't doubt themselves at all scares me a little bit. Like a dangerous leader. Yeah. It's, yes. It scares me a little bit versus like a little bit, like you can't be like totally doubting yourself, but like a little more reluctance and a little more like, all right, like maybe yes. I'm not doing everything right. And I trust that yes. person more. And that, and yes, to me, that's like the healthier journey because I think the reason I wanted to just swing way over to the other side of the pendulum and just not even put any part of myself out at all was that I almost like began to get, I, I was growing, I was maturing, but I was also like more aware of like narcissistic type behaviors. Or I was more sensitive to like, oh, I'm just, I don't want to be like self-centered. I don't want this like, you know, and I think like as you get more mature, I mean, because obviously like put expressing yourself creatively, putting yourself out there, putting yourself on the line, like we would say that's awesome. We would say that's being vulnerable. We would say that's yeah. like being brave. And yet there's that tension of what you're talking about on the other side that, you know, on the other side of that is like, am I a narcissist? Like, who cares what I think? Why should I? Who am I that I think I should? Which Give is my thoughts to the world subconsciously why we probably <laughs> named it the, what we did. You know, our podcast is what no one's asking for. Like we're trying to be like, we get it guys. Like we're coming. Yeah, yeah. We're just <laughs> no <laughs> white guys. No one wants to hear from us. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think that's the voice of the artist in general. I yes. think the scariest thing about art, like what was diff the most difficult in the transition for me from 
in terms of creating things, creating content, creating a book, creating, you know, whatever. The most difficult part after leaving the church was that you feel like you're inviting yourself into whatever you're doing versus before you at least were being invited. So it'd be like, hey, can you come talk on Sunday? Hey, it's your turn to do this. And you're like, okay, I'm just saying yes. But like, if you're putting your book out in the world, if you're starting a podcast, if you're doing having a blog, if you're having a point of view, you feel like no one asked for this and I'm inherently being, yeah. you know, uh, prideful or whatever to like invite myself into the conversation. Like, that's at least how I feel. I feel like even for me to post on Instagram, I'm like, hey, yeah. hey guys, look. Oh yeah, it feels. Look at me. And I, and, and I was uncomfortable. I mean, I think that was, again, it was kind of self-protective for all of us, maybe like when we started this podcast, it was all framed as we're probably not even going to put this up. You know, like that was, for me, that was a, a nice way to like not yeah. have to deal with this as much as like, guys, we're just doing this for ourselves and maybe we'll share, but we probably won't, you know? And so, and there is something pure about that. There's something really nice about just not being caught up in all this other stuff. But, but at the end yeah. of the day, let's stick to y'all's answers. At the end of the day, with all the downsides and all the things you're afraid of, you yeah. want to be famous, right? <laughs> is that what it is, Ryan? Oh, uh, God, I. I, I'm really uncomfortable saying yes to that. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> is it a desire that is still alive in your heart? Why? Brian? Yeah. Cause what you just feel bad oh. that you want that you feel. I feel that that is narcissistic. I feel that that's, um, putting yourself on a roller coaster of caring what people think. I, yeah. I don't want to play that game, but I do want to express myself creatively. I do yeah. want to be vulnerable with what I, you know, what I can contribute in the world or whatever. And I do, I mean, I listen religiously. We probably all do, but I love armchair expert podcast with Dak Shepard. And of course his network is mostly like actors and actresses. I, I hear them and many of them are more mature. They're older in their careers. Like I hear them wrestling with this tension and they're obviously like legitimately famous. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 you're aspiring famous. Oh, I, well, yeah, I don't, I, again, I don't want to, <laughs> but like, I feel that I, I, I hear them in different ways expressing this tension too, that they're like, we're not, we don't want to be so like self-important, but we also have a, a craft that we want to share an art we want to you know, perform. So uh, Matthew, what about you? Do you still want to, you still want to, yeah, I mean, so again, I was thinking about the childhood stuff. Cause again, I always loved like attention. I love being like, you know, class clown or in the mix on that. I mean, I gladly got a, you know, in school suspension one time for like going into a classroom with a mask on you know just weird stuff just to oh, yeah. get attention just i just love it ah oh, i love it love it love it love it you know <laughs> i mean i literally every time i'm in like a big group at like a party or you know we went out on friday night i have to like coach myself like do not <laughs> i used to have to be your accountability partner to not go too hard well, in those that, settings. yeah and that's where i would just get excited and just yeah and then you'd Exert get a too much energy migraine. and I'd get a migraine headache because I was just going crazy. But I'm saying I even have to coach myself to be like, this is not like about you. Like, because mm -hmm. I can just dominate, you know, yeah, conversations or yell or whatever. So, I mean, listening has been a big thing. So that's not what we're talking about, though. But I, I think for me, it was like, I want to be, I want to be known. I want to be appreciated. 
mm-hmm. for what I'm bringing in here. Cause I, you know, it's like I'm in school and I'm in classes my whole life. I mean, I did grad school too. And I'm like, dude, this is so boring. Like, come on, get somebody spice this thing up. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I loved when we would do like presentations, you know, because it's your chance to like, get on the stage. I'm like, God, all this other shit was so boring. I can't wait to like throw something in here, but no, it's, it's like, God, this was so boring. I can't wait to get up there and like, you know, bring some magic, you know? So it's, and I love that feedback. So I, I do. And I think I need that. Like, I don't even think that's bad. Like I need some people need some kind of that performance thing. Like that actually brings the best yeah. out of me. It helps me, yeah. you know, go deep and present clearly what I'm moved by. And then you get this amazing response. It's like this dance, you know, with, with the audience or with yeah. the groups. So I love all that stuff. Um, but I have had to just like, you know, ask myself this question because especially in like, you know, public service or, or, or in, you know, church or religious circles, it's like, it's, it's, it's not about you. So you're able to be up there literally doing this thing that is coming through you and it is about you but it's not about me it's (laughs) about god or it's about the you know whatever your channel is in that public service way so it's funny because that 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 uh your the narcissism can even be disguised as altruism you know which is a taylor swift lyric from anti-hero you know so when i heard her that line i was like yes i know exactly and again i don't think we were doing that i don't think i was doing that for most of the time but it is this thing that you can um you it's like another slippery slope you know it's it's always a part of it i think it's how much is it a part of it like no one's a purist. No one is doing yes. anything truly a hundred percent for no. Oh, game right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, all yeah. mixed bags. It's all in there. Like even the, you know, I just, I like to think about the twos on the Enneagram. If you think, know the Enneagram, the need to help. They're like the most amazing, loving people. And 90% of them is motivated by the desire to help. Serve, There's serve, still serve, the yeah. 10%. Oh like, yeah. This makes me feel important. Oh this yeah. Makes me feel valuable. And that's You're needed. why I like this. we yes. need you without you. We can't do this whole thing. And if they don't get that appreciation at some point, they turn and go to eight and, and they're the aggressor. Exactly. <laughs> they're coming after folks. And we're, <laughs> but I, well, my point is like, we're all like that. And is it good to keep it in check? For sure. To be aware of this stuff for sure. But like even the idea of the narcissist, Brian, you asked me about this in our polo. I don't have like clinical research and that kind of stuff, but I do I have been around the conversation and I have been around it enough to know, like we have way overused that term. Mm. That is reserved for like a clinical diagnosis that is much different than most people on the planet experience. What we mean, I think, when people say, my husband's a narcissist, my wife's a narcissist, that guy's a narcissist, is they're just saying that person's selfish. Selfish, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's all it is. Or in this circumstance, they're just thinking about themselves. Just thinking about themselves. But a a true classical narcissist, as far as I understand, and again, I'm not a psychologist, I do not have a doctor's degree, but as far as I understand, is incapable of knowing they're the issue. And is incapable almost of, no, it's not that they can't put themselves in someone else's shoes. It's they don't. That's more of a sociopath. Never apologize. Never apologize. It's always someone else. Someone else's fault. Right. So, but when we see those, I just think it's unhelpful when we see those tendencies, which are human tendencies to throw a label on someone like that. Like, dude, that's ridiculous. You're a narcissist. Like, no, you, it would even be more helpful if someone told me you were being selfish. You tell me I'm a narcissist. I'm going to put my like defenses up, you know? Yeah. But if you're like, hey, man, that felt really selfish. Like you made it all about you. Um, I will say this, though. We've, we've gone to the dark side of fame. 
But on the on the on the positive side, is stuff being created in the world? Is the desire to help is, you know, uh, impacting people and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where I feel the tension and I'll just get you to, from my point of view, like, yeah, give us your journey, Drew. Cause it is I, different. I think. But I just, I think it's okay. Like we were laughing about this. We did our little retreat. It was just so funny. We did our, our guys, adults spend the night party to talk about season yeah, two. It was a sleepover. Yes. We did sleepover. <laughs> our wives made fun of us and we were in the hot tub together, which is hilarious. And we were just talking about this and it was, Fun, like in a trusted conversation, it was just nice to be able to tell y'all like, that's all right that y'all want to like, you almost have permission. Like it's okay to dream. It's okay to, that you have that natural desire in you. And I think you guys have just said, now we're trying to figure out what to do with it, where it's not unhealthy and whatever. It was enlightening to me that I don't, I don't want to be famous mm -hmm. yet. There's a part of me that feels like I should. Well, and you're like afraid of it too. It's more than you just don't like you're like, I have an active resistance to it. Yeah. Go, yeah. I have an active resistance to it. So that's just interesting to me. And again, this is probably just my own head. You're probably not even thinking this, but I always go, man, this sounds so like, like he's trying to be so pure. I'm like, no, I think it's insecurity. I think it's yeah, like unpack a, it, unpack it. Why are you? Cause that's I'm to me hyper, what's interesting. Well, I just think of personality in, in general, like I just have, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. I have a, I have a, just a different personality where I really value a few deep friendships. I like, to go along, to get along, which is not healthy, right? That's not my best self, just going along. And these big moments represent like not asleep. You're not asleep. You're not sleepwalking. You're like, oh no, I feel this. Like, I remember how much anxiety I would feel days leading up to a big event. Mm -hmm. And just like, I wish I didn't have this anxiety leading up to the event, even though the event itself was amazing. And I felt like this is what I'm born to do to communicate things that can help people and so i do it again but it was just a constant fight or flight response in me mm -hmm. right and so oh yeah you I, would almost like you would almost I used throw to physically up sit. right no i did <laughs> yeah for a while at some point i got a hold of that and all that kind of stuff like i failed public public speaking in college because i couldn't get up and give a report i got a zero oh, yeah you know oh wow i don't wow. think i do that yeah i, <laughs> I got oh, a yeah. I, I sucked at public speaking. the whole class yeah I had wow. to retake it. I, and I didn't take it again until my fifth year of college because at least at that point I had, I just kept putting it off. I had enough reps through what we were all doing that right. I could do it. And then I was voted by my class as their favorite public speaker, you know? <laughs> and so it's were. like this reluctant thing of like, I can do this and it seems to help a lot of people, but I don't want to do this. And I just think that's interesting. So I, I, I literally, Brian, when you brought that up, I had that, I had that question for myself because in the business I'm in, it is helpful to everyone, my family, my business partner, everyone, if I'm more famous. I've had other consultants tell me, the more famous you are, yes. the better your whole business will be. Like you're basically holding your business back, the fact that you will not put yourself out there more. Matt, yeah. you even told my business partner, like, get him on the road more, man. Like if he gets in <laughs> front of people, y'all, and it's true. And so I feel this guilt every day that I don't embrace this more i'm either not helping someone or i am delaying the income my family could have or whatever um but i have i have to like settle it in my mind or in my heart that like yeah. will i embrace this but my answer was i don't want to be famous i do want to be helpful and that has helped me understand the tensions of the energies in my heart or i'm like i do have a fear even that i would die with things left inside of me Mm -hmm. That is a true fear. I think both of y'all have the same, same as me. Like, 
any creative person, which I think we're all creative, but like, yeah, I have a fear that I would die with things left inside of me, things unsaid, things that never got expressed, things that could have yeah. been beautiful and fun to do and all that kind of stuff. That you didn't, you didn't risk for, you didn't step exactly. out. Exactly. I'm, I am terrified of that, but I'm even more terrified that I can't handle the stormy seas of fame that would come with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. are y'all familiar with the sirens in Greek mythology? I think so, but tell us. Right. So Odysseus, you know, the, in his journeys on the, on where he had to go, he had to go through this part of the ocean that was infamous for these sirens, these mythical creatures that were so beautiful and sang the song that was so alluring that you could not resist it. And so you would steer the ship towards these sirens and they would lead you to the rocks and, you know, would shipwreck mm. you. And so Odysseus has this amazing um, decision where he's like, I got to go through there. Like, we can't go around it. We got to go through it. But what he did is he made all of his sailors put wax in their ears so they couldn't hear the song. And then he was so self-aware, he said, lash me to the post so that I cannot <laughs> get out of it. And so they tied him to the mast of the ship. But he's also probably like Reynolds. I always think about Reynolds with this. He didn't want the earplugs in. He wanted to hear the song, <laughs> but he didn't want to respond to it. He was like, don't put earplugs in. Like, I want to hear it. I want to feel it. But like, don't let me lose, basically. And I'm like, that's how it feels like fame is if you're going to go that way, impact, even if you're going to be impactful on a large scale, you're going to have to go through the siren waters. And I'm just scared that I won't have the character or the courage or whatever it takes to not shipwreck my life in some way. So that's my fears. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and Brian, I don't I don't know where you want to go with this, but I do feel like this is the point to like, I, I, I do feel like I went through a season a few years where i everything did die and i do feel like i died to the need you know mm. what i mean where that appeal, talk about it talk about that yeah i just where it was like dude this is shallow this is a siren song this is not real this is not going to make me happy you know there's that jim carrey quote like i wish everybody he says i wish everybody could be rich and famous so everybody would realize that's not going to make you happy. It's not about, oh, yeah, you know, it. most people never get there. They're just chasing, chasing, chasing. So I'm actually super grateful that I got enough of what I wanted. I got like, I accomplished the vision, like things I was a part of became known in some way. Like I was attached to some success to realize like, man, this is great, but this isn't it. And then what happened for me was, everything kind of died. I don't, I can't even fully explain why you get what you want and you're like, okay, is this it? Like I'm pretty close to what I wanted. And I, and, and, and then something I just couldn't see beyond and, and I couldn't muster up a new vision. And then I, so I just kind of died and then I didn't care. And then no one cares. Cause here's the reality. <laughs> No one actually cares. It's not that they actively don't care about you. They just care about what they're doing. So they don't care. You know, there's that yeah. awesome quote by Churchill. It's like, people are worried about what people think about them in their thirties and forties. And, and then they get to their sixties and realize like, no, it's no one was thinking about you at all. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't yeah. thinking good things or bad. They just weren't thinking about you. So I I'm glad I went through that where I'm just, and it was depressing. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't, I don't think I was, clinically depressed i know we need to be careful about those terms but i was like i i told drew i was like i was a visionary without a vision i was a 
poet without a poem. I was a writer yeah. without like words, you know? And, but I, that ego death was so good because I feel like I did die. I died to all the like needs. Why do I need this? Why am I so attracted to this? Why do yeah. I think this will make me happy? You know? And I do yeah. think, um, that's a great, either you get it like people become famous and then they work through it like drew's talking about they have to work through it yeah yeah or i feel like you know the you know we're supposed to be taking on some kind of ego death to to let go of some of that stuff you yeah. know what i mean oh yeah for sure i mean i remember because i brought this up again all these topics were ever going to bring up on this podcast were first just genuine topics of discussion you know amongst us and i remember it was when i was going through a big job transition and I was gonna, I was kind of considering some jobs that really were so quote unquote normal. And so like, at least in the superficial way, like low on the impact scale and everything else I had seen, I had done before kind of had a clear high level of impact at some level. And I just had to work through this. And I think it was connected to this was like, why don't I think it's okay to just get a normal job? Yeah, It's not going to have any fans. It's not going to have any like public <laughs> no affirmations. <laughs> it's not going to, it's not going to be quote unquote public. And again, it's all relative because I'm so far from actually famous, but like it was connected to that. And I had to like, again, let that ego death kind of happen where it's like, yes, like, of course you sh could or should just work a normal job that doesn't bring any kind of greater affirmation than just providing for your family and helping something like <laughs> but it was connected to career for me at like a deep level and i remember like i was in the parking lot waiting to pick up my daughter from volleyball and i was like sharing that with y'all like on a marco polo or something like do i still want to be famous or something like is that why it's so hard for me to get a normal job like yeah ah, it's just well, and that's so that's what i felt i felt in, in those couple of years where i was going through that ego death i was like i'm not on the radar I'm my voice isn't doing anything and no one cares. I was like, we really, we need it for such Where'd a time as this. And I was like, I'm just a normal person. And there was a death in that. Like, Oh yeah. You're just a normal person. There's nothing special about you. Like we're all special, yeah. but yes. you're not special. <laughs> it's true. It's the paradox. Like both are actually true. Yes. And that was so hard. Like, yeah. Can you just embrace like, ordinariness can you embrace mediocrity you know because then because that was like i was like you know i'd be like washing dishes like yeah oh, i got more to offer the world than washing yeah, dishes I'm, I'm too good I'm for too this. To hire someone <laughs> to do this so i can really get my zone of genius which i do want to talk about that that's a whole episode and i do believe oh, yeah. in that deeply but it's like what a healthy thing to just settle into the mediocrity, settle into the ordinariness. Yeah. Like if you can't embrace that, you don't deserve to have your voice heard in anything. You know what I mean? You're just detached from reality. So, yeah. Well, I will say one thing that I've seen in hyper successful people, the ones that seem to be the healthiest have multiple hats that they comfortably wear. Meaning like they're, they don't just have the athlete hat if that's their thing, or they don't just have the CEO or influencer hat. They also have the like dad hat 
or mom hat that they're comfortable with that like that all the 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 mundane that comes with it like they find value in that they might also have a hobby where they're this on the side like it's almost a balance of roles that we play but when you just focus it's just this i live or die by this one hat i think that's when it gets unhealthy does that make sense which we've yeah. even talked about like one of my like prerequisites was like if we're going to do this and this thing were to actually be successful i know the only way to be healthy for me is if i feel like it was a true representation of who i am that if there's any like trying to be or put on a front or whatever that i would just like do more damage to me than than it would be enjoyable and I, yeah i think I remember you said you wanted it to feel like breathing i wanted to feel like breathing that like and i even told y'all like hey let's be us and there will either be a response to us or there will not and i would right. rather that than we carefully constructed ourselves to fit right. a niche that we saw and whatever because <laughs> you then have to keep that up that we, right, we call right, right. the carefully constructed self you have to put so much effort into carefully constructing yourself because right. it's not who you really are. Well, right? I mean, that's the healthy side on the other side of the ego death is like, man, this is who I am. And you even enjoying who you are and still putting yourself out there and creating what you want. You feel like you're called, you know, you want to create. And then it's like what you said at the beginning of this, Drew, like people are either going to like you or not. Like they're going to resonate with you or not. They're going to connect yeah. with you or not. Like what a yeah. great thing to just be okay with. For sure. I can take, I will say though, like strategically, it can be very annoying to those around me because for instance, I wrote a book and I promoted it the week it came out and I have not promoted it one day since the first week it came out. Well, you um, want to pitch just, it here? No, <laughs> which is just stupid because <laughs> it took a year and a half for me to like put this book together. And then I gave it one week of courage enough to like even give it a chance to be in front of people. And I got uncomfortable, even though I was having great response and just went back to like the idea that, well, if it's good, it'll just take off on its own, Yeah, you know? And it's like, well, well, what's this book called, Drew? It's called Go For It. It helps people that are in the middle of transitioning and feeling like they're pursuing some big thing in their life. Um, what, what platforms is it, on, is it on? You can find it on Amazon. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm so proud of you, Drew. <laughs> but isn't that funny? Like you put yes. the work into something and then you don't even give it a chance for it to do what it's supposed to do because of my own discomfort with feeling yeah. like self-promotion is bad. And yes, even just the fear of like, what if you promote it a lot and nothing happens? Yes. Oh, yeah. So don't you, yeah, yeah. Don't so you, you think that's yourself. Drew, don't you think that's a big part of 100%. all that fear for you is like, I don't want the chance. I don't have to deal with the chance that someone's not going to like it. Someone's going to have this opinion on it. That's going to disrupt my inner sense yes. of peace. So y'all, I, I shared this in a polo with y'all, but I was listening to the Jordan Peele episode on armchair experts. Mm. And he was, he and Dax were talking about the same feeling and the way that Dax phrased it. I think it was Dax, either him or Jordan said, if you really push and put yourself out there and all, all that kind of stuff, he goes, what I'm so terrified of, is this was the phrase you caught me believing in myself uh, that someone would be like oh my gosh like i was <laughs> laughing like yeah you that was good oh, oh. Yes. And his feeling was like oh no you caught me believing in myself like you're right like why would i believe in myself that was silly you know uh. and i was like these two uber successful creative individuals just articulated i think if i'm honest what is the bottom of all that fear of putting myself out there and whatever would be that embarrassment of like oh my god mm. I actually believed in this book 
and mm. it was not worth believing in. And that is Th- so embarrassing. This is the best you have. Like these yes. are your best words. Like this is uh, what you thought would help somebody. Ooh, yes. I mean, I feel it now. Like just that inner critic. I mean, it's so strong. Ugh. See, I want to talk about this for a whole episode on creativity too. Cause I wrote out all these fears I have of like, what are all the insecurities? And there are so many there's, it's all fear, you know? Yes. And it's very powerful because it comes up, you know, against that creative thing you genuinely feel moved to work on and put out there. So how many wow. things are dying inside of people? I mean, that is, that's a, yeah. that's a big thought. I, I, I want to, we need to do a whole episode on that. Oh, that, well, let me great. give you just one more thing. And then I know we're probably got to wrap up soon on this, yeah, but let's, we'll start landing it. What do I, why do I come back to any, any creative stuff like this, like sharing my voice or whatever? It is inherently enjoyable in the act itself. Like Matt, you've talked about this before. When you don't have the pressure of that moment, it is actually really easy just to go to sleep in your life. Coast. Yep. Coast. And you have this kind of like safe, but neutral experience of life where you're not really present. And the pressure of creating does cause you to go deep and cause you. And then when I, this might just be me and my personality, but like when I discover an idea that resonates, that makes my day. Like nothing around me has to change. If if there's something that just all of a sudden clicked for me or whatever, I so enjoy being with that idea. I like mulling it around. It, It like, gets my blood going. I'm like, this is so true or helpful. Yeah, it feeds or, you. Yeah. Oh. And so I'm like, I can't deny that. Mm. Like to me, ideas are keys that unlock entire worlds. Like I can't get over that. It, ideas are keys that unlock entire doors. Like the first person that had the idea about a car or whatever, unlocked a reality that was not there before that we just all got to walk through. We're like, well, now we live in a world with cars, right? Right. Ideas can go, can help you being stuck in a depressive state or whatever. And all of a sudden you start to find some joy again for the first time because an idea, a truth opened that up to you. And so I don't like the feeling when I go to sleep, it's very easy for my personality to just go to sleep and sleepwalk through my life. And then that's a slow misery, the tiptoeing to death type feel, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you stop learning too. You stop growing because you stop risking. It's all connected. Yeah. I felt it yesterday where I did do some prep for this talk I'm doing today. And I was like, I didn't want to do it. It's just, you just force yourself to do it. Like going to the Starbucks, working on this thing for an hour, getting it done. And you're fighting against that resistance until, and I was just reading that war of art book um, until you get that inspiration. And I felt it. I immediately felt it when it happened. I was like, I'm reading until I get inspired something unlocked. I can't remember what it was now. And I was like, I'm in, I'm in. And then you're flowing with it. And that's just the creation of it, you and the content. You know, then when you deliver it, that's a whole other moment. I know you love that moment. Like as much as we (laughs) hate the anxiety of it and it just racks us, like there is a flow, you know, when you're doing it. Um, Which I think any performer. I have have sort of a a closing thought, but are, are you guys done? You have something bubbling up inside. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I always I'm Mr. Like moderation, seeing both sides. I'm tempted. I think why I was tempted to be embarrassed also to talk about this is I'm like, because I was even talking to my wife about this last night. She was like, yeah, I don't think I think most people actually don't have that impulse of like wanting to be famous. And I think there's 
probably some truth to that. I mean, I think we all have, you know, these desires for probably unhealthy affirmation and stuff. But like, I do think there are this like interplay between like, I know a lot of people and I know you do too, who are so content just living their life as let's say it's a stay at home mom. Who's just honestly, she doesn't care. (laughs) She doesn't care about all this or the guy who's just way content, just living. And I, I oftentimes think like so many of the things that people like us, the leaders that might have this communication gifts, or they're up on a stage or they're, I often have thought most of you in the seats listening are probably actually better practically at living a lot of this stuff out than we are. We just have this, this hunger for the impact or the hunger for clarifying ideas or communicating ideas. But in your practical life, you probably have way less struggle with like, I don't know. Being present. Yeah, exactly. Like being present, like not having to have some like following or whatever. So I guess I just, at least at the end here, wanted to at least bring that up that like. I have a story about that. Can I share a story uh, about that? Yeah, absolutely. I saw this beautifully uh, exhibited and it was like five years ago. I went to LA for this like creative workshop. It was a small gathering, like 15 people with this important person. And the idea was you bring your project, whatever creative project you're working on, and he would put in, give input and the group would give input and it was awesome, right? <clears throat> so we go through this three-day experience. Everyone's sharing like super high, you know, for me, it was my book at the time. And I was like the least of the ambitious things out there. This one person was trying to create a whole new video game that would merge science and education with the gaming community and all these, like one had a script they wanted to write, then produce a movie, the very end. This person finally raises their hand. This guy, he's probably 35, 40 years old. And he's like, I have not known why I've been here for three days because I don't have any project I'm working on, but I still felt like I was supposed to be here. And the person was like, interesting. Like, why do you think that is? He's like, I think I just wanted permission from people like y'all that it's okay that all I want to do right now is just be a dad and earn a living for my family. Yeah. And we were like, Tell us more about that. Cause it was the opposite energy that we had had for three days. Right. Yeah. This person was like, is it all right? That like, he goes, I work insurance and I don't like anything about it, but that doesn't bother me because what it does is it allows me to provide for my family and I get to like stay at home and I get to be a dad. And I think I unconsciously signed up for this to like mm. hear from people like you, is that okay? And right. what was interesting is so many people were obviously so affirming, but we're even like, we're jealous of you. Like, I wish I could just feel that way, you mm-hmm. know? And so he was encouraging us like, no, I'm inspired. I'm so glad there's people like you out there that are pushing. And we were like, man, I'm so glad there's someone out there that values just being home and being with your family. And so it was this really cool, beautiful moment in that room. Yeah. Well, we yeah, need each other. We need each other and we challenge each other. Like. Yes. People, and again, the three of us are probably all too similar on this to have some great diversity of thought, but it's like, we need that guy to challenge yeah. us. And and then he probably needs a Reynolds being like, but what's your dream? Right. <laughs> well, I this is all coming together for me right here at the end. Because I'm going, okay, when you, what is happening in me when I'm like, you know, I met this person, like I I, I saw said famous person or, famous person said this to me or whatever, like 
in that moment, it's it's like, what is fame? It's like they have some extra pixie dust. You know, there's some magic on them mm-hmm. and some importance that I'm ascribing to them or the world described to them that that if I'm close to it or if they affirm me, then that basically makes me in my life feel important. So there's this need to feel important, you know, that there's yeah. something extraordinary about my life. It's not just ordinary, but I think the beauty of, of what you're sharing with that guy is basically saying like, no, actually I'm content with ordinary life. I, I don't need some extra thing, some magic dust to like add value to yeah. my life. And that's the journey. I think that we're all on, like, that's the win to be like, this is enough. Like my life as it is, is valuable and I like it. You know, that's what's speaking to me about this whole thing. Cause even like, why do I, why would I be like, I know this person and they have some importance and they said this, it's like, it's to, to feel that, you know? And the win I think is to be like, to come to that on your own, you know, like, Hey, my life has value, you know? And not for someone else to say it to you, for you to genuinely claim it yeah, and believe it. It's the need versus want, right? Like, y'all remember McConaughey's Green Lights, that book, Green oh, Lights? Oh, I loved it. Audiobook was fantastic. I might botch the details of the story, but the sentiment was when he went out to LA and he found a way to like sleep on this producer's couch or whatever. And he was like, man, this is fine. The connection I needed to get me some scripts or whatever. And the person said, hey, I'm not going to give you any opportunities right now. And he's like, why? And he's like, you need it too much. And he mm-hmm. said, come back when you don't need it, but you just want it. You just want it. Yeah, that's good. You just want that like, part. Yeah. You need it too much. You need the app. You need Hollywood. Like that's going to chew you up. Like come back when you don't need it, but you do want it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, dude, I felt that. You I, know, feel like, like, I feel like that's where I'm at. Honestly. With money, with marriage, with like things we desire. Like it gets unhealthy when we need a gotta yes. have it. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. I want it. Well, and, and dude, what you're describing, I mean, Reynolds, what you just described and and drew it's like that is like a a real spiritual journey like how do you come to that place of my life has value it doesn't have to be i don't have to have like the little blue check mark on instagram to be valuable i don't have to have x amount because i mean you know we're all approaching 40 and yet there's these generations below us who i mean they've grown up in social media in all this like and and you know, research shows like as each generation, the younger the generation, the more they higher percentage of them aspire to be famous. So it's like, this is such an important journey that everyone's going to need to go on. And and it's like an ongoing journey of how can I, because man, the freaking, like what you see on Instagram or whatever, like it's just, it's the sirens, it's intoxicating and it can just leave you feeling like I'm not enough. I right. haven't accomplished enough yet. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough, funny enough, whatever the hell it is. It's so hard out there. It's a freaking yeah. war zone out there. Well, and that's why I like the the guy Drew was describing because that's what is he describing? He's describing actual like depth. There's yeah. there's depth there. Cause again, you can live by the hit. Like I love dude, I'll up to upload a video of my kids and it gets like 3000 views and I'm like yeah feels good yeah. like I mean we're talking about such low level attention yeah. that yeah, yeah. those hits are real hit 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 that's what I used to feel when the fans come up to you it's like that hit feels good hit feels good 
But yeah. dude, if you're just living on those hits, it's so shallow. It's so momentary. And no one, that's what everyone, that's what Jim Carrey's saying. If you get the, the ultimate hit and then you realize that isn't it. So yeah. I want that depth. And for people, you are right. It is going to be a journey for everybody because no one can tell this to you from the outside. You're going to have to go on this journey and get your yeah. hit and then realize, dude, is that really meaningful? Is the depth there? You know, and then you got to define your own depth, which is really cool. You know, what, what's going to matter to me? You know, like yeah. what's that meaning I'm looking to to build. And, and that's an interesting conversation. So I'd love to, it'd be cool to even like interview some Gen Z people who are like way more famous than us and be like, let's talk about fame. Let's talk yeah. about meaning. Let's talk about death. Like I'd love to hear other people's journeys around. Maybe people can even we've got that feature now on the website. Like tell us, like we want to hear your yeah. stories. Like it'd be cool if people told us like, I want to yeah, hear like, from, I want to hear people's audio messages to us. You can do that on the website. Like, did you want to be famous or not? Like, I'd love yeah. to hear people oh, yeah. talk about this. Cause I think that is part of the journey. Or you can talk about it. It's healthy. That's why we wanted to talk about it. Like, Hey, I got to keep talking about this. I got to keep owning and yes. confessing, you know, that I still want yes. this. Don't need it as much as I used to, but I'm always, you know, Oh, so yeah. now I'm just, I'm going, but you know, well, I mean, I was, I was just, and I'm not some big feeler, but like, about 30 seconds ago. I mean, I was like tangibly feeling a sadness knowing for all these young people how hard of a journey that death can be and that they're going to, you're going to have to go through it and, and, and you hope and pray that you get through it and mm -hmm. to the other side. I mean, how many famous people have like fallen and public figures go through this horrible things, but like that that is a tough tough journey and i was like feeling the sadness for young people just knowing like oh you got to go through it there's no yeah. way around uh, yeah. it. well and, and and last little recommendation here so you've been talking about stuts the uh the netflix oh, thing yeah. so he talks netflix. about in that uh the snapshot you know it's one of the yeah. tools everybody's got a snapshot of like you almost have to attain that snapshot until you can enter into that death where you're like, gosh, I, I got close enough to the snapshot and it was, it didn't fully snapshot? do it for me. It's basically the image. It's still, it's a static kind of image in your mind of what you're aspiring to. Right. So yeah. your definition of success, or this is when I would really be famous, or this is when I really have it. And you think when you get there. And so it's interesting. I thought it was a powerful tool, a snapshot. It is still, it is not dynamic. It's not changing. It's this one thing it's limited, but you're just driving, driving, driving to get it. So, you know, Jonah Hill's talking about that's when his kind of death, you know, started, like he got the snapshot, you know, yeah. and it didn't fill the void, you know? And so yeah. But everybody's everyone has a different one. That's why you have to go on this journey. Your snapshot's going to be different from mine, and you're going to believe your snapshot's actually going to do it for you. If, if I made this much, if I, yeah, yeah, if I had this respect, if I had this success, whatever, you know. So, but I love that. That I think that's a good resource um, because he's talking about this whole thing, and basically, he's basically yeah. talking about his journey of yep overcoming things experiencing fame and then they're doing this thing they've literally decided to create this thing in yep. a different way but they're still wrestling with how to present oh, it oh yeah want it to come off a certain way but the whole point of it 
is the vulnerability of it. So yes, it's got to watch it. And I watch it's take, I haven't even gotten all the way through it. Cause I'm just watching it in chunks and like time slows down while you're watching it. Like it is a interesting piece of work um, that touches on all these themes. And uh, yep. yeah, it'd be, man, it'd be awesome to interview Jonah Hill and, and stunts <laughs> on like, let's get him. Here we go dreaming again. It's uh, like let's bring them on the pod. Be like, yes. dude, we love this. Like, Drew, you're gonna love. Have you watched it yet, Drew? I haven't. I, I can't wait. Oh yes. gosh, yeah. you're gonna love it. I mean, I don't want to talk it up too much because it's I've seen the hit. trailers and stuff, and I can tell it's gonna be yeah. amazing. Yeah, it probably hits everybody different, but like, it is a unique. I think it's what Brian's saying. I don't think young people are gonna accept it yet because again, you have to go through your own journey. You're gonna be like, oh, that's just you, that's BS. I'm not ready for that. But it is a beautiful work in terms of how to work through the death, the disappointment, um, yeah, of your own just journey and struggle. Yes. Well, so here we go. We'll wrap it up here. Action steps. If you haven't watched Stutz on Netflix, you should totally do it. Jonah Hill and his therapist. Um, and then secondly, could you, would you share with us at WNAFpod.com? Leave us a voicemail. Do you want to be famous? Did you want to be famous? Let's just be, let's just talk about it. Let's bring it into <laughs> the, the more we talk, the better. And if you're somebody who genuinely doesn't aspire for that, that is a gift that you can offer to all the crazies yeah. like me. Um, and talk about why it doesn't matter to you. I'd love to hear that yeah, too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And let us gift to each other and, and help each other with this. But uh, well, go ahead and pick up Drew's book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my love God. It. Go for it. My dad, I saw my dad's library. It when I dropped him off the other day. He was like, I read Drew's book. <laughs> <laughs> I read it too. It's good. Thank you, man. Go for it. Pick it up. All right. Go for it, baby. Love you guys. We'll uh, we'll talk next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode on the What No One's Asking For podcast. We could stay connected on Instagram. Um, We'd love for you to follow us there, WNAFpod on Instagram. Uh, We also have a website, WNAFpod.com. You could drop us a voicemail here or an email. Uh, We would just love to hear from you. And also, if you could consider giving us a rating uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, that would be much appreciated. Super grateful for those that have already done that. Just helps us to kind of share these conversations uh, potentially with more people. So thanks so much for listening today, and we will see you next week for another great conversation. Thank you.